People ask me all the time. Where do you like to eat? What's your favorite food? What's the best thing you've ever eaten? That's why we're here now. Not only to tell you what we love to eat, but where you can go get it. I'm 41 today. I make my living cooking on television. I know all of the greatest chefs in the world, and many of them know how to make a hell of a pizza. But there is nothing that means as much to me as driving home and ordering what is now known as the Rachel Ray Pizza. <laughs> One of the best things I have ever eaten or will ever eat is from my hometown, Queensbury, New York, the Harvest Pizza. And it has to have green peppers, onions, and hot peppers. And I've ordered it the same way all my life. And a few years ago, they gave me the honor and privilege of calling it the Rachel Ray Pizza. It makes me feel like a superhero. I have no idea what goes into it. Sorry, we love you, Rachel, but we cannot give you all the secrets. It's the dough recipe that's really so unique. It's sort of like pizza on a biscuit. It's extremely crunchy and crispy. It's just a completely unique texture. And this is our sauce. The sauce, they put all the way to the edge. Tons of cheese all the way to the edge. We use provolone. It gives it that little extra bite. And then the very, very thinly sliced peppers, onions, hot peppers. It's just such a friendly looking thing. And it's done. Ready to go in. Harvest pizzas all come on a big metal tray. You just get this huge waft of pizza. If they put this smell into a perfume bottle, that's what I'd be smelling like. I'd dab a little behind each ear. Probably have a bunch of dogs chasing me. The first few bites, I eat with a fork and a knife, and then once it cools down a little bit, then you can pick it up. Enormous crunch factor. Sweet, super thick sauce. It's delicious, and nobody else makes anything like it. I'm completely obsessed with it. 100% obsessed with it. If they ever closed, I would need to go to a psychiatrist. It's so good. The Chicago-style hot dog is a truly great culinary achievement. It has balance, texture, sweet and tangy, hot and cold, fluffy and crunchy. That's the kind of stuff you look for when you're reviewing a five-star restaurant. I lived longer in Chicago than I've lived any place my entire life. I think it's the greatest truly American city. There's no food that I identify more with the city of Chicago, Illinois, than the hot dog. Chicago people will argue about this all day, but I think Wiener Circle is the best place in town to get the classic Chicago-style hot dog because Wiener Circle makes a really good char dog, and I like my hot dogs charred. That's the way I roll. Ah, the good old Wiener Circle on Clark Street in Chicago, Illinois. It's the kind of place where people tend to go after they've had several adult beverages. It's open till 4 or 5 in the morning. It kind of reminds me of my misspent youth. Thanks for that. More importantly, Wiener Circle is a great place to get the classic Chicago-style hot dog. Please give me a Chicago dog the works. This is a very specific dish with very specific requirements, the first of which is no ketchup, ever. What you do put on a Chicago-style hot dog is as follows. You start with a Vienna beef, all-beef hot dog. We score it, put it on the charcoal broiler. Get it nice and blackened on the outside. This goes on a poppy seed bun with mustard, iridescent, Martian, neon green relish, onions, a couple of spears of dill pickle, slices of tomato, sport peppers, and celery salt. You can't leave any of that out. You can't add anything else. Hey, guy with the white shirt. There you go. Ah, thank you very much. Eating a Chicago-style hot dog is kind of tricky. You've got a lot of stuff piled on top of there. Look at it. It's practically a salad. One of the things you look for is the snap. When you bite into a hot dog, there should be some resistance. There should be a pop. When all that beefy goodness comes bursting out, you get a better snap when you char the dog. Excellent snap. You get that fluffy bun. You're getting the chilled tomatoes. You're getting the pickles. You're getting that crispy onion and relish. And then that piping hot charred hot dog in the middle. I'm talking about true, real Chicago. And that is why I love this hot dog so much. This 
is no frills, chaka chaka chaka, just getting down, chaka chaka chaka, Mexican homestyle eating. Machaca, 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 machaca. Say it with me, machaca. Let's go back home, El Paso, all the way. You can give all the hugs you want to your family members. You can drop your luggage off in your old room, but you haven't arrived till you've had the beef machaca at Kiki's. No place like it. It takes me back to my childhood. There's something that's special. God, just bring me back there right now, please. When you say the word machaca, it's not a forbidden dance in Mexico. What it is is slow braised beef served with a wonderful green chili sauce and a fried egg on top. When it comes to the real deal, the place you have to go is Kiki's. Been there over a hundred years, the building. If I'm not eating at a family member's house, I'm going to Kiki's and I'm getting the machaca. The first thing we have to do is to make the brisket. We're gonna put in onions, garlic, bay leaves, some salt, and then water. We're gonna put it on the stove and it's gonna cook four to five hours. Then it's put on the grill with some onions, some tomatoes, some jalapenos, with this wonderful green chili sauce that goes on top. The beans are covered with our white cheese. And then the pièce de résistance. We're going to put a fried egg on top of that, a little bit more green sauce, and it's ready to take out to the customer. And it's just all about getting down, covering your plate, because it's so tasty. You're going to have a family member try to reach over you and get a piece, and that's not happening. I take a little bit of the beef machaca, I lay it on top of the flour tortilla, fold it up, and I just start going at it. The egg yolk sort of drizzles down and just gives it this other layer of flavor and moisture. And then you get like a little poke from the chile jalapeno. Great refried beans, very tender, fluffy Mexican-style rice. Oh, just heaven. Once you get that first bite of machaca, for me, it's like I'm home now. You look at it, it looks beautiful and white. Then you smell it. This aroma from the sea. And then you put it in your mouth and you say, oh my God, this is the best thing I ever tasted. I lived in LA since 1975. I'm the oldest citizen in Los Angeles. The best place for food in the world. Los Angeles has so many great restaurants and uh, Angelini is one of my all-time favorite. The salt custard panzino there is simplicity but perfection. The perfect fish. If I dream about fish, I dream about the panzino. The king of fishes, a very delicate fish. It has the best flavor. And the salt custard panzino is very common in Italy, but in Los Angeles, it's unique. You don't see that in every restaurant. Chiara already picked Angelini for their fabulous lasagna. But my favorite dish there is the salt-crusted branzino. Inside of the branzino, we put one clove of garlic, thyme, and the lemon. Nothing fancy. The fish is the star. The fish is what I want to eat. Now I cover with the sea salt. The salt crust doesn't make the fish salty. It closes it hermetically almost. I put now in the oven. And the fish steams inside. It keeps all the moisture in. You really get the essence of the fish that way. And the fish comes whole in the salt crust. The waiter has to crack open the crust, remove the crust, and then fillet the fish. It's a great show. You feel like you're part of it. It's like theater. When you eat the branzino, it's really an amazing flavor. It's rich, yet it's very light. It's delicate. I let it linger on my tongue, and I feel good afterwards. It's not drenched in a ton of butter. And I tell everybody, when you have the perfect meal, you have to feel so good that you can go home and make love. For me, the panzino is certainly that kind of dish. The only problem sometimes is the kids at home. If you want to eat great fish in Los Angeles, that's the way to go. 
Yes, he's ooh, Wolfgang Puck. But he can't deny New York City is unparalleled. We export all our vegetables, all our berries to New York. But it's the one we export, it's the one we don't want here. LA is the place. Sure, sure, sure. New York is just superior. One of the best things I've ever eaten in New York City, the coconut cake at Smith & Walensky. The first time I ever had the coconut cake, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I am crazy about this cake. This cake, I would go out of my way for. I do go out of my way for. Being a New Yorker saying I go from Greenwich Village to Midtown for a piece of cake, that's a big deal. It's an excellent coconut cake. When I think of coconut cake at Smith & Walensky, I think fluffy, I think ethereal, I think frosting, I love it. I think to-go container. I think, oh, I can't wait to get on my couch in my pajamas and hoover that bad boy. It's like layers of cake and then an equally sized layer of frosting. The components of the cake are four sponge cakes. And it's so moist. In order to keep the cake moist, we have a sauce that is made with rum and coconut milk. And then you get this fluffy frosting in between it. The filling is coconut cream, coconut milk, shredded coconut, and more fresh coconut. And it's delicately flavored. It doesn't like bash you over the head with coconut flavor. And we finish off by adding as much fresh coconut as the cake can handle. The little pieces of coconut on the outside kind of like get into the icing and then you bite into them and they just add just the right amount of texture. Love that. Genius. So you like push through it and you get all these little layers of coconut. It is so light and fluffy. It's like eating air. Coconut cake air. Coconut gods have said, here, have this coconut cake. Whenever I started, I'm like, that's a huge piece of cake. The next thing I know, I'm like, but where'd it go? Oh my gosh, is it gone already? It was so fast. I ate it so quickly. Sometimes I take home two pieces. One for when I get home, and then the second one for breakfast. Coconut cake for breakfast, delicious. I need coconut cake, and that's it. Everybody's got a hometown favorite, my hometown favorite. You've never tasted anything like this anywhere. It is a pepper beef sandwich from Shapiro's Deli in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's moist, it's juicy, it's flavorful. You know, they're teasing me on the show because right over there, you can't see it off camera. They have some pepper beef. I see it, I kind of smell it, but they won't give it to I gotta go get some. I started eating this pepper beef sandwich when I was about six years old. It's got a flavor that is unique. It's got this bite to it, this spice to it. It's just so good, it's so tasty. If you go to most delis, you can't even find it on the menu. I have no idea where this stuff comes from. It comes from heaven, though, as far as I'm concerned. You're saying to yourself, the heck is pepper beef? I've been to other delis, can't find it anywhere. First step in making the pepper beef sandwich is to make sure that the pepper beef is properly sliced. You have to trim the back off it because you got a little spices on the back of it. Cut against the grain so that when people eat it, it doesn't taste stringy or tough. We then put it onto the fresh bread. The rye bread is made right there in the store. We cut it, put it on a plate, make kosher pickle on the side of it. Here, young man. Thank you, sir. Oh, thank you. Finally, take a look at that luscious sandwich. The cut of the meat is spectacular. Okay. Oh, mustard. Not easy to get your mouth around all of this, but I'm going to make a uh, valiant try. Here we go. Mm. It's so lean, it just melts in your mouth. It is amazing. Salty, peppery, spicy. <laughs> Think about the best steak, the best prime rib you've ever had. That's the consistency of the pepper beef. It's just fantastic. Here we go with the coleslaw. <laughs> Great flavor. Then you go back. Mm. 
Talk amongst yourselves. If you ever get to Indianapolis, my hometown, you must stop at Shapiro's because I'm telling you, it's better than any sandwich you've ever had, I guarantee it. These English muffins are extraordinary and they deserve reverence. They deserve to have a little altar, do a little prayer in front of these things. They just knock it out of the park. They're the best. One of my favorite breads of all time is actually an English muffin that I get at the Model Bakery right in my hometown of St. Helena, California. It's one of the five fingers that I have when somebody's visiting. They say, Michael, we're coming to Napa. Where should we go? All right, so you're going to get up in the morning. You're going to go to the Model Bakery. You're going to come to Bottega for dinner. You're going right, to, it's one of those five fingers. These English muffins, they're buttery and airy and absolutely delicious. The Model Bakery is the oldest bakery in the Napa Valley. It's been around since the 20s, right on Main Street. It's one of those great Sunday morning, New York time, sit in this little bakery as the town's kind of waking up with this buttery muffins the best. They look nothing like a muffin in a bag. They're super airy and light as a cloud. Just the perfectly cooked English muffin. The first step of um, making English muffins is to mix the focaccia dough. They use fantastic organic flours. Yeast. This gray salt from Brittany that I'm a huge fan of. A little pinch of vitamin C, olive oil, ice water, and a piece of yesterday's focaccia dough added for structure. Then the dough is put into an old-fashioned hand divider. Those are put onto a cornmeal-lined tray. And they cook them stovetop. Dough goes down until it gets really crispy and bakes on the one side. And then they flip those suckers over, and they do the same thing with a little more clarified butter on the other. I mean, take a look at that. Have you ever seen an English muffin that ever looked like that? These are so extraordinary, they never get cut in half. You really want the texture of biting through a big, thick English muffin and getting the butter on the, on the roof of your mouth and the tongue at the same time. I mean, you can take one of these and eat it just like this. Mmm. If you tear them open, you can see what I'm talking about. Look at that. You give me five minutes and this entire plate will be gone. Is that the perfect English muffin or what? Absolutely delicious. French onion soup is kind of like pizza. When it's good, it is really good. When it's bad, it's still good. I was so into food at a very young age, you know, about 10 years old is when I really got bit. I was always looking for those things that would light me up. And the best hometown food for me has to be unquestionably the French onion soup from Michael O'Brien's Cricklewood. I mean, that's it. Michael O'Brien serves it just a hair under the temperature of the surface of the sun. Laws of physics cease to exist because it never cools down. But it's the bomb. I think that a great chef really can be defined by how well they make soups. The love and respect has to be put into it, and that's how they do it at Cricklewood, is they take their time. If there's any secret to making really good French onion soup, it may very well be the slow caramelization of the onions. I'm talking about the way it's supposed to be made. We make our croutons with a wonderful sourdough, put it in the oven. The next step, assemble a dish. And I think most of the crocs are like probably three or 400,000 years old. Capable of holding high heat. Completely magical little bowl. I'm actually thinking that the retired Rumpelstiltskin elves, they participate in it. Spoons full of the caramelized onions. With hot, molten inside of Mount Vesuvius beef broth. I started to drool a little bit there, sorry. We place the crouton on top and then a couple slices of Swiss cheese. <laughs> then into the oven. The earth could be open right there behind Cricklewood. I mean, that's where he cooks it. Perfect. It's that hot. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's good. And it comes on this little wood board. Hang on a second. I got to get the soup. We'll back. You guys got a spoon? That's ridiculous. The cheese is extra crispy. See that? See the crustaceousness? Oh, oh, 
Oh. That right there in international rules, I think I fouled. The first bite is the key bite. Taste buds right now are going off roasted onion, beef broth, little herb. I'd eat the bowl if I had the teeth for it. This is the best French onion soup I've ever had.